Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. What I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in Tuesday edition of the program. I hope you had a great Labor Day holiday, Labor Day in the books, which means summer, I guess, is officially over. We've still got some warm weather ahead, I think, but uh, a good long weekend. Hope it was good for you as well. And lots of college football this weekend. And for Indiana, a season opening win that ended in a thrilling way with the quarterback Connor Basilak. We can now officially say that. Uh, no one really knew for sure who the starter was going to be until about 30 minutes before kickoff on Friday night. But Connor Basilak uh, led a game-winning drive at the very close of the game as Indiana goes on to win its opener against Illinois. And I tell you, fun to see the football team having fun. Fun to see Tom Allen from a couple seasons ago reappear with his uh, great locker room talk and singing the school song. But Indiana beat, in my opinion, a very, very, very mediocre Illinois team and very easily could have lost to that Illinois team on Friday. So the Indiana gets a win. It's huge for momentum. It's big for the fans. Uh, there's so many good things about it. However, uh, it was just Illinois. I know it was a conference win, but it was just a win over Illinois. Now Indiana, they've got to win some ball games coming up here before they get into the meat of the schedule in some of the tougher Big Ten conference games. But kudos to Coach Allen, a lot of new staff members, a lot of unknowns about this team. Uh, there's still some big concerns about this team, and we'll talk about some of those coming up. But a good season opening win for the Hoosiers in exciting fashion for the fans to kick off the college football season uh, and the Big Ten season as a whole. Pat Forty tweeted this out uh, over the weekend on Saturday, but my goodness, the games have been close and competitive so far uh, when Big Ten teams have hooked up on the field, going all the way back to the Week Zero game over in Ireland. So fun that college football's back. High school football rolling along. We'll get into that a little bit later today, but had the lead with IU football getting a big win, and uh, now it's game week preparing for Idaho, which is much lesser opponent, not a Big Ten opponent, a game Indiana should not only win but dominate, uh, and you want to get through that type of game, and really these next few games, injury-free, because IU had some very concerning moments as far as injuries go on Friday night. We'll get into that coming up here as well. But Indiana football with a win, uh, a good start to the season. I think that raises the level a little bit as far as interest and momentum here early on, and we'll recap everything from Friday night's win and start to take a look at Idaho a little bit later in the week as well. Let's get into the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, we've got our headlines of 
the day coming up. More on IU football, a couple IU basketball notes, including uh, a DJ coming to Assembly Hall this winter. Is beer sales next? We'll talk about that here in segment number one. Also, a couple good local notes to get to. Uh, a big commitment from a local baseball player, uh, Providence sophomore Cole Hewitt, committed to Virginia on Sunday. Uh, the string of baseball commits at the Division One level here in Southern Indiana continues. I'll tell you more about that coming up later in the show. It's Tuesday. So Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier is with me. We'll talk the latest with IU basketball and a little football with Mike, and then we'll save a lot of the football conversation for Matt Weaver, who will join us in segment three today to round out the show. We'll recap Friday night. We'll start to take a look at Idaho. Idaho. We'll take a look at some of the injuries, who's out, uh, one big one for Indiana, and some of the strengths and weaknesses here early of this team. We'll do all that and more with Matt Weaver, the Peaks.com football writer, a little bit later in the hour. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Also, the Thornton's text line is open. You can send me a text, an opinion, a question, a comment on the Friday night game, high school football, IU, whatever it is, to the number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. That is the number, the Thornton's text line. And it's Summer Cash Bash still at Thornton's. Each week, one lucky Refreshing Rewards member will win $10,000 all summer with a grand prize of a 2022 Chevy Tahoe. Simply open your Refreshing Rewards app and click on the summer cash bash icon to enter and that's not all you can earn additional entries by purchasing select top brands like mountain dew 20 ounce bottles hot dogs bud light 12 packs large doritos and many more using your refreshing rewards card it's thornton summer cash bash not a refreshing rewards member text the word rewards to the number 80313 today that's 80313 today and just one more time for you get your phone out the text line 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Let's start with IU football here in the opening segment. Uh, some interesting moments in that game. Also, some concerning moments in that game. Indiana had a lot of football players go down. Some of them look to be very serious. Hearing from Tom Allen, we did yesterday on Labor Day, even though it was a holiday, things pretty normal in the IU routine with it being game week. We learned that offensive tackle Matthew Bedford out for the season with a torn ACL. And that obviously is concerning news. It's already a very short offensive line, a very suspect offensive line, I think is a good way to say it. The good news for Bedford, if there is any in this tough situation, it's young enough in the season he could apply for a medical red shirt. I've seen it mentioned multiple places. So he was going to be key on the line this year for Indiana. I think anybody that watched the game could see how weak at times Indiana's offensive line was. So that is definitely concerning news. Cam Jones went down. That did not look good on the field. But yesterday, Coach Allen said he thought he was going to be fine. Uh, some other nagging injuries, it looks like. But Indiana, for the most part, given how many stoppages and concerning moments there were, grimacing moments really on the field, 
to come out of it with just one season-ending injury, uh, that's one too many. But I thought it was going to be worse than that, to be quite honest with you, the way the game went on Saturday. So Matthew Bedford, a huge loss for this IU offensive line this season. And as Indiana gets back into Big Ten play down the road a little bit, he is going to be very, very missed for that team. That, to me, and we'll talk with Matt Weaver later, but the line for Indiana, a very, very concerning point. Uh, Basilak, overall, how do you rate his performance? Uh, he did the small things. He completed the short passes. He helped uh, Indiana to an amazing drive uh, down the stretch there at the close of the game. So I think you've got to be excited about his future, but how good can his future be with a weak line protecting him? So that's a big question for Indiana as we head into week number two. Also, a lot of talk about beer sales. You know, a pilot program started a few years ago at Memorial Stadium. Uh, I think it's went well. There's not been any major disasters that I'm aware of. Uh, beer sales have expanded to other facilities. Soccer, I think, is the latest on the IU campus. And there's rumors about Indiana evaluating things and that possibly in the future, at some point, beer sales could be added to Assembly Hall. One thing kind of in that line, and you can see that uh, athletic director uh, is uh, Scott Dolson is really kind of focused on modernizing some things while keeping the great tradition of Assembly Hall and IU basketball. Indiana is going to add an in-game DJ. This is for football and men's basketball as well. His name is DJ No, and that's spelled G-N-O. Uh, he's a popular DJ from what I've read in Indianapolis. He's worked with the Colts at Lucas Oil Stadium before, also with the Indiana Pacers. And now Indiana going to bring him officially into the game day fold for football and men's basketball, it sounds like, at Assembly Hall. So again, Scott Dolson really trying to walk a thin line here. He wants to modernize things, consider beer sales, bring in a DJ, spruce up the atmosphere a bit while also protecting the standards that are there and the traditions that are there at Assembly Hall and, of course, with IU basketball as well. So it's kind of interesting to watch him walk what I would say is a real tightrope with some of the big donors uh, and the people historically important to athletics in Indiana. But Scott Dolson's making some small but measured changes so far uh, in his tenure as uh, the IU Athletics boss. Some local notes to pass along. Some really good stuff today here on this Tuesday program. Providence sophomore baseball standout Cole Hewitt verbally committed to Virginia, ACC Virginia, on Sunday, according to his family, an announcement they posted on social media. Hewitt was really good. He was the best hitter, I believe, on the Providence team as a freshman and uh, going to be somebody in future years to really watch as one of the next great players here in Southern Indiana baseball. And I just continue to be amazed at high school baseball in our area, how good it's been, how good and successful the teams have been, but also how many big-time prospects have been produced in this area. And now they're getting these guys so young. Tucker Biven committed to uh, IU or to, committed to Louisville, excuse me, before he had ever played a, a high school baseball ball game. He was in the summer heading into his freshman year and now Cole Hewitt committing to Virginia, a big ACC program after just one season of high school baseball play. But just amazing the number of Division I commitments and players here recently in the area and Cole Hewitt of Providence, another name to watch. A big decision from him already 
as a youngster in that Providence program. Also, Allie Stumler, former Christian Academy great, of course, the big Stumler family here in southern Indiana. She has been selected, and it's ongoing right now to be part of the U.S. women's national team that is competing at the Pan American Cup Final Six, which started on Sunday in Santo Domingo in the Dominican Republic. And so for the U.K. national champion, getting a chance to represent her country, the USA team has already been in action. We'll follow her a little closer closer this week, but uh, an outstanding, an outstanding volleyball player and an outstanding alumni of local sports here in southern Indiana. I'll say this, in seven, eight years or so of doing this show on a daily basis and focusing on IU and local sports, one of the best interviews I think we've had on this program was Allie Stumler just days after her Kentucky team won the NCAA Volleyball Championship. But she continues to do great things both in and outside of the sport of volleyball and getting a chance in a big way to represent her country in the Dominican Republic. So that's good news as well. Also wanted to mention another former Providence baseball player, Tim Borden. He uh, played at Georgia Tech his uh, final year of college baseball. He was drafted in the 16th round, the 493rd overall pick by the Houston Astros uh, in the first year player draft back uh, this summer and started in what I call the complex league for the Astros Orange. They split them up. They have inter-squad games. They play other teams, but really there's no fans. It's more of an instructional thing to help those guys hopefully get on a course toward Major League Baseball. But he has already been promoted to the Asheville, North Carolina High A affiliate of the Astros. They're called the Asheville Tourist. Uh, on Thursday night, I understand it was Tim's birthday, he turned 23 years old and had a walk-off home run to give the Tourist a 6-5 to win over Bowling Green. So he's making the most of his debut. It's getting awful late in the minor league baseball season. The question for Tim Borden is, Will he get that call to AA before the end of the year? AA has really become the prospect league where some of the great young prospects in baseball are at. It's really not AAA anymore. AA is kind of that league of the future. So will he get a chance to play with some of the best future players uh, this season or maybe a, a chance in future seasons to do so? But he's sure making the most of his minor league baseball start in the Astros organization. High school football over the weekend, we're going to talk more about it a little bit later in the program and a little bit later in the week. But the big thing you need to know, Charlestown 3-0, they win 43-21 over Clarksville. And again, kudos to Clarksville. They kept it reasonably close with Charlestown uh, in the first half and then uh, Charlestown able to go on a run and really close things out in a big way in the second half. Charlestown is 3-0. and They've got a great chance to run the season undefeated and they've got a big game coming up. The Boneyard in Charlestown is going to be packed on Friday night because North Harrison will come to town and the Cougars also having a good season. They are 3-0 and and really have not been challenged to date with big wins over Salem, Scottsburg, 
Pittsburgh and Corden. But this will be the big challenge for North Harrison. It's going to be a big game on Friday night coming up, no question about that. Clarksville, who lost to Charlestown, they've got the town championship game coming up against uh, Providence on Friday. Floyd Central got their first win of the season, 27-13 at Silver Creek. And now the Highlanders will take on Seymour at a Hoosier Hills Conference game. Their first of the season, they'll travel to Seymour coming up on Friday night. Jeffersonville had just a, a, a really, really tough loss. 19-18, the Devils fell to Bedford-North Lawrence in a crazy game all the way around. Jeff with some injuries that are very concerning. Bedford rallied back, able to win by a point. And there was a, a some sort of incident in the parking lot associated with something somewhere else that caused some havoc and some confusion for fans. And uh, we'll maybe talk about that a little bit later, but definitely a concerning evening, evening there all the way around. The Devils lose a tough one, and they lose some players to injuries as well. We'll be following that here as we move into week four of high school football. New Albany went on the road. They held tough and got a 27-21 win uh, over Jennings County on Friday. Providence, 2-0 uh, on the season after a big win, a probably the most thrilling game of the night, 22-21. The Pioneers beat a solid Lloyd Memorial team from Kentucky, and now again the town championship coming up Friday night uh, for this Providence team. Silver Creek, who lost to Floyd Central, they will play at Eastern Pekin coming up in week four. Hard to believe, already week four of high school football coming up uh, this Friday night, and uh, the season is rolling along. We are almost to the midway point. A couple Friday nights from now will be uh, beyond the midway point of high school football and starting to think about the postseason and sectional pairings and just hard to believe of course high school basketball just around the corner as well that's a look at our headlines for this tuesday edition of the program We'll head to a commercial break. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open. That number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Next up, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. We'll talk IU basketball and some football, and then we're going to focus on IU football in segment number three with Matt Weaver, the football writer for Pigs.com. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. I mean, I- Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. We're back here, segment two of our Tuesday program, and we've got some news coming down from. Uh, IU Athletics here just now. Uh, Scott Dolson has announced uh, six new members to its Athletics Hall of Fame. This is the 39th class, and the roster of IU Athletics Hall of Fame inductees will grow now to 243 members. Uh, two big names on there that listeners will be most familiar with and likely most interested in. Don Fisher, the longtime voice of IU basketball, including right here on the Big X for men's basketball and football from 1973 till present, uh, has been in 
inducted or will be inducted into the Hall of Fame with this class. And also DJ White with the men's basketball team from the 2005 through 2008 seasons. Really a dominant big man during his time in the Big Ten Conference. He averaged 14.6 points, 7.6 rebounds during his four seasons in Bloomington and really came in uh, and made a big impact as a freshman. He averaged over 13 points and was Big Ten Freshman of the Year by playing for former IU coach Mike Davis. So uh, good stuff there. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, joins us now. Mike, uh, neat to see the new class for IU Athletics in the Hall of Fame. And uh, Don Fisher, obviously uh, very deserving. And DJ White, I think one of uh, of my all-time favorite Hoosiers. And uh, Mike, are you there? I think we've uh, disconnected with Mike, so we'll see if we can get him on the line here in just a moment. But other members of that class, Ashley Benson, a volleyball player from 2007 through th- 2010. Jen Christie with the women's swimming program from 1998 through 2001. Lynn Loring, she was the women's tennis coach from 1997 through 2017, and Tina Parrott, she was with women's track and field uh, from 1983 through 1986. That rounds out the Hall of Fame inductees here in this 2022 class. Gary, uh, do we have Mike on the line? Yes. Okay, Mike, are you with me now? Yeah, can you hear me? Okay, got you now. We couldn't couldn't hear you earlier, but with you now. Uh, two pretty good inductees from a basketball perspective. Uh, Don Fisher, the legendary voice, and DJ White, I think one of my all-time favorite Hoosiers. Yeah, Matt, I got to say, as a radio guy, I think the, the wait might be long and hard. If Don Fisher took 50 <laughs> years to, <laughs> to, get, to get into the Hall of Fame, I, that was my first reaction seeing that announcement. Like, how in the heck is Don Fisher not already in the IU Hall of Fame? I mean, I he was a le- I am not a young guy by any stretch, and he was a legend when I was a kid. So the, the fact that it took him 50 years, must, I, I don't know if they have like specific rules or requirements uh, for for athletes or administrators or or whatnot, but that that one caught me off guard. DJ's announcement is more kind of on par with kind of what you typically see from a time frame perspective. He just retired from the professional game and obviously had a great IU career. Um, he, he was a guy that was first brought in under Mike Davis and kind of went through that coaching change when when Samson came in and and had you know really great aspects to his career with, with both coaches, including I think he averaged a double-double as a senior. So two obviously very deserving guys as well as obviously everybody that, that got in this year. Mike, uh, I want to get into some basketball stuff with you and save a lot of football stuff for Matt Weaver in the next segment. But I can't have you on after this big Friday night season opening win by the Hoosiers and not get your thoughts on the IU victory and the IU team after the start of the year. Yeah, I mean, it, I I viewed this game beforehand as just find a way to win. I, I never expected it to be pretty, never expected style points or anything like that. They just had to find a way to win. I mean, if I were being honest with you, just kind of, you know, in the trenches, the all the, the nuts and bolts of the game, I, I'd probably say that Illinois was the better team. But, you know, as we all know, it, that ultimately doesn't matter. It just matters what your record is. 
And after going all the way back to December of 2020 without a Big Ten win, they just had to figure it out. They just had to come through. And the way they did it was the best part by far because they got the ball with two minutes to go and, you know, had a chance to go win the game. And they actually went and did it. it you know, I, I think it did so much for the confidence of the team. Just the, it was such an emotional boost. It did a lot for you know, the belief in, in Connor Bazelak as the, the quarterback. There's just so many positives. And, and also on the defensive side, just getting back to creating so many takeaways. So, you know, it wasn't the, the uh, work of art. It wasn't, you know, anything that you look at and think, wow, this team's going to be great. But at the same time, you know, they are 1-0. They have a great shot to be 3-0 and going into a, a big game at Cincinnati in week four if they can, if they can get these next two. And what was your first impression of Basilak? I know he didn't always get the protection he needed from the offensive line, but in his IU debut, we we didn't know for sure who the starting QB would be until really just minutes before the game. But what, what's your takeaway on him? Can he be uh, a real benefit for Indiana this season? Certainly seems like it. I mean, you, you talk about that last drive. You know, Coach Allen talked about it after the game, just talking about – Poise, you know, it's such an underrated aspect of being a quarterback, but you got to have it, especially in those those big moments. And and you know, he he just looked completely composed, completely unfazed by everything around him. I talked to Cam Camper a- after the game, um, and he said, you know, Bazelak was just in complete control, remained calm, um, you know, was leading the team ver- verbally while not getting overly emotional or phased by anything going on. Um, and, and it was just an impressive showing. I mean, there were, there were definitely some moments earlier in the game, like you said, he, he was under a lot of pressure, which, you know, that, that tests your composure as well. He, he made some bad throws, definitely overthrew some balls across the middle, and he, he talked about that yesterday. Um, but, but all in all, I think against what I, I believe will end up, when we look back on the season, being a very good defense at Illinois, it certainly was second half of, of last season and they, they looked apart on Friday. I think I think it was a very good start for Basilac and then I think in these next two weeks, hopefully he can establish a, a rhythm and really get going because obviously it's going to get difficult after that. No, no question about it. Mike Schumann, The Daily Hoosier. You can read his work, thedailyhoosier.com, at daily underscore Hoosier on Twitter. And he's with us Tuesdays on the program uh, talking basketball and football. Let's get into some hoops. Really, with football taking command this past weekend over the holiday weekend, uh, basketball has been a little slower. But I thought last week some really good marks for IU basketball. There were a couple different preseason rankings that came out, and Indiana seems to be inching higher and higher in some of these preseason guesses. And I know it's a guess. I want to call it what it is, but the Blue Ribbon Yearbook and a few others that came out had Indiana, I think, as high as number 12 last week. So in some ways, I think the expectations for this Indiana program are heightening as the season gets a little closer. Yeah, and I anytime I publish some something like that, I get the same kind of kickback that that you just mentioned. That you know, it's just preseason. You know, you got to actually win when the lights come on in November, and I, and I certainly get that as well. But I, I think it's always worth mentioning and sharing because, you know, at least from my standpoint, you know, it's it's almost a, a sanity test against what you think you're seeing. You know, it checks your biases and, and whatnot. And I I just feel like. I don't have a good, as good of a sense for the, the national aspect of it, kind of where Indiana fits in. I mean, I keep seeing, you know, 
somewhere in that 10 through 20 range, and that feels directionally right. Uh, the Big Ten, I, I feel like I have a better sense on that, not just in terms of Indiana, but what's going on with all the other programs and their roster turnover. And, you know, you consistently see them at the top of the Big Ten. Um, I think the fact that those two dynamics are at play, they're at the top of the Big Ten, but 10 through 20 nationally tells you the league is expected to be down a little tend to agree with that. I, I think Indiana is kind of getting that top spot uh, in part because other teams just haven't returned as much of their key players as, as Indiana has. So it's somewhat by default. I don't expect Indiana to be a dominant team. I don't expect them to just uh, run rough shot through the Big Ten and, and not be challenged. I think there'll be a lot of tough nights. I think they'll you know probably lose six games at least. Uh, trying to get through it, um, but but it you know it's certainly when you see stuff like that coming from like Blue Ribbon, it's compiled by a bunch of national writers. So it's a kind of a, in my opinion, a, a consensus view at this point that that Indiana on paper is in that top, top ten to top twenty range nationally, um, and, and you know I, I just think that's something that that IU fans should feel good about it should generate enthusiasm you know the fans certainly have not had too many seasons like this going in where they've been able to kind of think you know think about what could be think about the the potential for a very exciting season maybe an NCAA tournament run of some sort that you know just hasn't happened um so I I think it's okay to look at that stuff and, and be excited about it Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, is my guest. We're talking a little IU basketball. One other topic that's kind of hot on the radar of fans right now is recruiting and Arrington Page. He, at the end of August, was on a visit to Miami. Uh, seemed that the visit went well based on multiple reports and quotes that are out there. But Page now seems to be transitioning to decision-making mode. And it sounds like maybe this month, but definitely before the start of the high school season, he will make a decision on his future destination. I think this is a really big one because it's really Indiana's last uh, notable 2023 recruit that they've spent some time on, had on campus, and there seems to be a lot of interest both ways. Uh, Arrington Page kind of size this recruitment up as we come down to maybe the closing weeks of this thing. Yeah, I think we're at the point where the key programs involved are, are kind of making their, their final pitch to him. As I understand it, Mike Woodson's going to make a trip down that way this week even to, uh, I think, I, I don't know, have the recruiting calendar in front of me, but but in-person visits do open back up later this week, and I do think he's going to make a trip down there. I also understand him. You know, I think I said last week, Paige, you know, made five visits and he may be focused on, on, on those five, but I think it's a little bit more narrow than that. I think there might be three that he's really focused in on. There was also some talk, uh, I think one of the national writers, I forget who it was, maybe on three, you know, brought up the aspect of him teaming up with his high school teammate and AAU teammate, Isaiah Collier, who's a five-star point guard. I think that's, potentially still out there in play as well. And if there's one thing that gives uh, me pause or, you know, Indiana fans pause, it's that kind of wild card aspect of it. But I think ultimately Indiana is in a good spot. I don't know that they're in like the lead or anything like that, but I think they're, they're still a clear contender at this point. And I think we won't have to wait much longer, probably in the next couple of weeks to find out what he's going to do. 
All right, Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, my guest, uh, talking IU basketball. I mentioned this in our headlines today, and I know you and I recently have talked about beer sales at a lot of the IU athletic events out there, but not yet Assembly Hall. So I'm curious your take on this. Indiana, and you had a story on this, Indiana uh, adding a DJ to the football and men's basketball game. It's a popular DJ, DJ No from Indianapolis that's worked with the Colts and the Pacers and other uh, sport-type environments. What are your thoughts on this? Because it seems like Scott Dolson is AD here early in his tenure. Uh, obviously, big changes uh, in college sports in the Big Ten early in his tenure. But he also is trying to modernize some things, trying to change some things. But there really is a, uh, a tightrope to walk for him because there are so many traditions and old, long-time fans, season ticket holders, and donors that want things a certain way. Is a DJ and some of this new thinking, is that good for IU basketball and for Assembly Hall? Well, I think you hit on it. I think it's all in how you go about it. Like, I think if if you pulled the, the pep band out and said we're not going to do that anymore, I think that would create a lot of heartburn for a lot of fans. It would, you know, I, I've been around the program as either a fan or doing what I do now for, you know, going on. 40 years, uh, going back to when I was a little kid. So if they just yanked the pep band out of there and said, you know, that's not part of IU basketball any, anymore, I think people would really, you know, at least people my age and older would, would have a lot of trouble with that. But that's not the plan. I mean, I, the good, great thing about Scott Dolson, one, one of the great things is that he gets that kind of stuff. You know, he came up through the program himself as a manager. So he, he knows where those kind of – those touch points are that, that you got to be real sensitive about and, and that's clearly one of them is that game day environment i mean going back to when i was a little kid i mean the the script for game day hasn't changed a whole heck of a lot and a lot of people like that aspect of it but there's a whole younger generation that you know that when they do the under eight timeout in the second half they're looking at their phones while while you know, half the crowd's getting all energetic about the William Tell overture. So there, there is this balance, and I think you got to con- continuously look for ways to keep it fresh, and it sounds like they've done it. We we talked to uh, Jeremy Gray, who's the associate AD, on Friday after that news came out, and, and he definitely said that the band is still going to be part of the game day environment. Um, the the DJ is just going to be kind of integrated into to what you experience on that day. So if there's lulls in, in the normal script for game day, that that's where the DJ will will come in. He's going to be positioned somehow in the student section. I don't know if I fully understand where where he's going to be, but it's going to be kind of a you know a situation where he's very visible. And if it's anything like the football game was Friday, like I didn't, I didn't see him. I didn't know where he was, but there were moments where, and it, it may have been like 10 to 20 seconds here or there where they, where they played music. And, and I specifically noticed the student section, the music that was being played at those times, it, it gave them a little energy. They were, they were dancing, they were having fun. So I think with Scott involved and everybody else in I, at IU involved that is sensitive to the, the demands or the wants and needs of the older generation, I think they'll find a way to do it right, is my sense. 
talking with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. Mike, one other basketball note. I mentioned last week that some of the open gyms and preseason fall-time practices are allowed to begin here in the state uh, by high school basketball coaches. Some interesting names in the state to watch. A lot of discussion about some of these young guys. Uh, I suspect here in the coming weeks when it's allowed, uh, we'll hear a lot of uh, stops at different schools by Mike Woodson and specifically some of his assistant coaches. I would imagine they'll use this fall to really hit home some of the local guys especially. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I think, you know, as a lot of fans know, the coaching staff has ties to different areas. So Kenya Hunter is really well-connected, you know, both in the Washington, D.C. metro area, as well as, like, you know, prep schools like Montford. Um, you see Rosamond down down in Georgia, and he's got, you know, pockets elsewhere. Um, Mike Woodson and Brian Walsh are, are, tend to be more Midwest guys, although Woodson's really got connections all over the the. the the map so to speak so i, I think they'll, they'll hit a lot of places but definitely in state you know they're, they're they've continued to show that there's just a heavy heavy emphasis on the two 2025 kids trent sisley and J- jalen harrelson i i suspect you're gonna see them you know continue to make that abundantly clear that those two are just as high a priority as they can make them i know a lot of fans want to see iu focus more in state um because you know, there's a, in my opinion, there's a higher success rate, higher hit rate when you do that. It doesn't always make sense because you got to balance that with, you know, you only got 13 spots on your roster and you got to maximize your talent. But when it comes to those two in 2025, I, I think you can weave that right in perfectly. You know, both aspects of it work. They're they're clearly talented enough, and they're both in state. So I, I suspect those two are going to be major priorities as soon as they can hit the road. No question. I can tell you Fishers and Heritage Hills will be busy places uh, for college coaches this fall when those uh, periods open up for them to get out on the road. All right, Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, with us Tuesdays, basketball and football. Mike, as always, thank you. We'll do it again next week. Thank you, Matt. One other note, uh, Purdue got a commitment over the weekend. It's second in the 2024 class from an in-state player, Brownsburg High School forward, Cannon Catchings. He comes from some good basketball lineage. He committed to the Boilermakers on Friday. So another commit in state for Matt Painter and the Purdue Boilermakers. We'll head to a break. We're back to talk IU football, recap the Illinois win, the Idaho game coming up this weekend with Matt Weaver of Pigs.com. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back. Final segment of our Tuesday program, IU Football, a winner in thrilling fashion on Friday evening over Illinois. And Matt Weaver, the football writer for Pigs.com, with us to recap that and start to take a look ahead at this coming weekend's Week 2 game for the Hoosiers. 
they will take on Idaho. Matt, uh, the good, bad, and ugly. Let's talk about it uh, for IU football. Your early thoughts on starting QB, Connor Bazelak and his performance, specifically how he led the drive for Indiana to close out the game with a victory. Uh, overall, I was impressed with Connor. Uh, I, I thought he, I thought um, he did a nice job of commanding the offense. Um, you know, he he had some. There were some inconsistencies there. I mean, the completion percentage wasn't great. Um, um, you know, the, the interception was not on him. That was a ball that went off the hands of a of a receiver that should have been caught. Um, you know, but I thought I thought you know what he did. He mentioned this yesterday in the press conference. You know, he did a good job of not taking sacks. You know, they were trying to get pressure and they were loading the box. And you know, whenever it looked like he didn't have anything, he threw it away. And I think he only got sacked one time the whole game. So thought he did a really nice job on that. And then obviously on the final drive, you know, he was he was really good. Um, you know, he knew where he was going. And he he, he um, you know was accurate. Got the ball to the guys and uh, the right guys in space. And obviously drove him down the field and, and um, you know, got the game when he touched it. I think, you know, as things go, as they move forward, I think he'll get a little bit sharper. I think he'll get more in um, in rhythm with his receivers. You know, I think one thing people forget is that he, he came in January, uh, you know, so he's only been working with these guys for, you know, since that time. And it, some of these guys are, are, are even, you know, DJ Matthews was limited in spring and, and even into fall camp. So they're still trying to get on the same page. So I thought overall he played well and, I thought it was a good a good first start, and at the, at the end of the day, the most important stat for a quarterback is wins and losses, and he got the win. So, you know that's that's what matters. Yeah, no question. Matt Weaver, uh, How concerning is the Matthew Bedford ACL out for the season injury? It's an already suspect offensive line, I think, for IU. Is that a killer when you think about Big Ten games ahead later this season? Well, I don't know if it's a killer, but it's definitely a big blow. Um, and the reason why I say I, I don't know if it's a killer is it, not that you ever want to lose a guy like that, you know, a starter, a guy who's basically been a starter for, you know, the previous three years and has played some good football. But if it was going to happen, this isn't the worst time in, as far as during the season because you've got two games here where you can kind of maybe experiment a little bit. These are two opponents where, you know, you should have the upper hand. You're, you're the better team. Um, and you can maybe try to mix and match and try to figure out, you know, what you have before you go to um, Cincinnati in three weeks, um, you know, for which it will be an, obviously a big game. So um, it's obviously it's a big blow. There's no doubt about it. I'm not going to, you know, try to gloss over that. You know, I don't know that it's a killer blow. I don't know that, you know, this, is, this isn't basketball where losing one guy can, can totally transform your season. You know, football, you know, it's a, it's a true team sport, and, you know, um, you know, even losing the key player, while it's tough, it, it shouldn't. You know, if Indiana, if Indiana can't go get six wins without Matthew, Matthew Bedford, then I don't think they were getting six wins with him. That's my opinion on that. So I think it's something they can overcome. But you know, it does. You know, the line did not play great Friday. Um, they protected, I thought, fairly well, but the run blocking, the run, you know, getting the push in the run game was just non-existent once again. So, you know, uh, they're going to have to figure that out, and hopefully, they got some guys, Parker Hanner, whoever. Um, are able to step up in his place. Matt, there were some really concerning moments as far as injuries go and IU players down on the field. But if I'm understanding correctly from Coach Allen yesterday, the only season-ending really, really serious injury was the unfortunate uh, Matthew Bedford injury that we just spoke of. I think everyone else else, other than some minor stuff is okay and somewhat uh, good to go. Is that right? Yeah, and I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. When I saw Cam Jones rolling around on the ground, 
pulled yeah. his ankle. I think it was his ankle. I thought for sure he was done. I mean, he was in a great deal of pain. But he got up and jogged off the field, and, and obviously he's, he's, he's as tough as they come. And um, my guess is he waited back into the locker room and, and got his ankle retaped. And, but he was back out there, and he played, and they said he's fine. I mean, James Head did not play, but his injury actually occurred during fall camp. And they said yesterday he's day-to-day. So, you know, I mean, with these next two games, um, you know, you don't have to rush him back. Hopefully you can get him back, get him some snaps, get him back up to speed. But it's not a necessity, you know, and you'd rather have him for – the tougher games as you get as you get further into the season, but all in all, this team is you know pretty healthy. Obviously, knock on wood for them that that it stays that way. But um, you know, uh, right now, only Bedford is a serious one, and, and uh, you know that's good news after game one. Matt, can I you maybe hang its hat on defense? Could that be one of the cornerstones of this team? I think so, and I mean, you know, the, the tackling was not good. I think Coach Allen said yesterday they had 23 missed tackles, which is somewhat to be expected in your first game, especially when you scale back how much you tackle in practice. And I know they did that because, you know, last year they just got decimated by injuries, and you know, you're, it, it's a it's a fine line. I mean, I can see both sides of it. You know, I can see the argument: well, you should you should tackle as much as possible because that's the only way you're going to get better at tackling. But then, you know, the other side of it is: well, if you tackle a bunch and you get a bunch of key players hurt, then you know, what, you know, what was the point? I mean, you just kind of wrecked your season before it even started. So I see both sides. You you try to tackle as much as you can, but not too much so that you get guys hurt. But I think this defense, um, you know, the back end especially, uh, is really strong. Um, you know, they, if you can, if you can develop some more, you know, Bo Robbins had a huge sack there on that last drive and that was on a three man rush. Um, so if you can start developing some pass rush without blitzing, and they did a good job when they blitzed, of, you know, um, get, getting some pressure on, on the quarterback. He had some scrambles, though, where he got out, Tommy DeVito, and made some plays with his legs. So you got to get that corrected. But, you know, I think this defense is going to improve. And, and uh, you know, I, I, it kind of looked like the defense from two years ago for Indiana where you're doing some different things and being aggressive and attacking from different angles. So, you know, if the, if the offense can, can continue to improve and you can maybe get a little bit of a running game, I think the passing game is going to be strong. You know, you have a you have the makings of a solid team, but you know we're going to find out more in a couple of weeks when they go to Cincinnati and play them. Matt Matt Weaver, Pigs dot com. Uh, Matt is the best in the game covering IU football. You can read all of his work at the Pigs dot com website. And Matt joins us regularly throughout the football season here on the program. It's never too early to turn the page and look at this Idaho team. Uh, that's where Indiana will, or I should say that's who they play. The game is at home on Saturday. It is a a game against the Idaho Vandals, who uh, lost on Saturday to uh, Washington State by a score of 24-17. I don't know anything about Washington State really to speak of, but they were reasonably close to a bigger school uh, with a one-touchdown loss. What do you know about Idaho here early on? Well, they obviously you know, they jumped out to a ten nothing lead on Washington State. I think Washington State was a fairly heavy favorite. I don't know what the exact line was, but I think this was supposed to be a game that was supposed to be you know kind of a relatively easy win for them, and, and obviously turned out to to be more of a, a struggle than than most people thought. Um, you know, I just kind of looking at the stats. I mean, Idaho didn't do a whole lot offensively. Two hundred seventy four yards. They did throw for two twelve, but you know they couldn't really run the ball. Um, Washington State was able to run on them almost six yards a carry. Um, you know, it, it looked like turnovers kind of aided um, Idaho at least early on. I think there were some um, there were some turnovers, uh, fumbles by Washington State. Um, you know, I would think at this point, you know, Washington State had a little bit of turmoil. You know, they had the whole deal with the um, their former coach getting let go because of the 
vaccination requirements out there. I, I you know, and so they've had some turnover and some change there. Um, but you know, they have some talent. They play in the Pac-12. They play good teams. You know, I would think Indiana's probably a little bit ahead of them as far as talent where they're at. But you know, you know, I, Indiana won last year fifty-six fourteen or something like that. You know, this is a game where you need to come out and really you need to put it to them and. Hopefully, you know, third quarter, uh, late mid, mid to late third quarter, you're you're playing some, you know, backups, some guys to get them some snaps and get them some reps. And like I said, this is the kind of game where you can maybe mix and match the old line and try to figure out the combination with Bedford out. All right, Matt Weaver, Pigs.com. Again, check his work out at the Pigs.com website. Matt, a good start for IU football. Great momentum for the fan base. Let's see if Indiana can reel off a handful of wins in a row here before Big Ten play returns. Thanks for the chat today. Okay, thanks, guys. Have a great have a great week. All right, Matt Weaver with us on this Tuesday edition of the program. Don't forget, we do this show each weekday at 11 a.m., complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. If you missed the live show at 11 a.m. on the Big X, you can find us as a podcast. We're available basically wherever you listen to podcasts. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you will find us there. Back with you Wednesday at 11 a.m. Have a great Tuesday. A shortened holiday week, I hope. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.